0: Hi, this is Val from Trippy Food, and we're going to do our first podcast here. So I'm joined by Allie, who is going to kind of put me through my paces, maybe ask me a few questions, and have a general conversation with her about uh, kind of what it is that uh, that I try to do on the blog, and I guess uh, in general as far as travel and food and things in those natures. Hi, Allie. Hello. How are you doing?
1: All right. How about you?
0: I'm okay. I'm okay. Okay is good. It's yes.
1: Better than terrible. <laughs> What's your favorite guilty pleasure when it comes to food? Like not guinea pig or sea urchin, but something like a quote-unquote normal food, like mac and cheese, pizza, something like that.
0: Honestly, I'd have to say probably hot dogs. And um, any old hot dog won't do. So it has to be a really, really good hot dog. Naturally, you know, anything that you would buy off a cart in New York City or uh, one of those, uh, they call them, I think, danger dogs or Mexicali dogs, the ones that they have down here, the little vendor's, with their their hot plates and they've got the hot dogs or sausages with bacon wrapped around it and then uh onions and peppers they kind of put that together there's just something about it eating that outside no matter how uh, deadly the combination
1: because <laughs> like a small package it, heart attack
0: yeah exactly well it not only is it a small package heart attack but uh, you're on the risk of salmonella and god knows what else as well but uh oh that's fun yeah but it tastes so good and as far as hot dogs though, I enjoy different uh different kinds of hot dogs uh, so I go for the, the unusual ones, like in northern New Jersey, they specialize in, uh, hot dogs they call the rippers, which are deep fried hot dogs. And to varying degrees, they fry them until the, the skin splits open. So the, the inside is hot and cooked and then the outside is kind of crispy and, and, and split open. And I like those, but, uh, but for like your basic hot dog, it's kind of trendy to bring people to pinks out here only because you be standing in line with celebrities, famous people, etc. But it's kind of gone downhill a little bit over the past couple of years. The quality. Somebody explained to me that if you go, it, it depends on when you go. If you go when they're when they're really really busy, it's the best time to go because if they're not really busy, then the hot dogs have been sitting on the grill for a while and have a tendency to toughen up and kind of dry out so uh, Uh, so it's
1: more fresh if it's if it's busy
0: yeah yeah but i uh, but i really enjoy you know a good hot dog as a matter of fact i I will be doing a blog article on uh, on the more unusual hot dogs but but still i just like a good plain old hot dog
1: all american
0: Well, if it is American, I, I'm not sure. It's probably American, but German-influenced, I think, is what it is. But, uh, yeah, hot dogs are pretty American. That's a, that's
1: a good normal food choice.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I like pizza, but the problem is good pizza. And the thing is, when you go places like uh, Ray's in New York, well, the original, the original, original Ray's... <laughs> On uh, 6th Avenue down in Greenwich Village, when you have their pizza, like a slice of Ray's Famous, or you go to Gino's East or uh Uno's or Duays, or Giordano's in Chicago and you get the deep dish pizza, two different completely different types of pizza, uh, or even some of the house of pizza, which is the Greek pizza in uh, in the Boston area. When you have that and then you go to other places that just don't, do pizza very well uh, you'd have to really look around you know for Such like dominoes well not only that but I mean you have some regions like I lived in Austin for a considerable amount of time and, and in the Austin area just it was really hard to find good pizza and even like here in the LA area it's very difficult to find good pizza so you know You have to really, really look around for that one-off place that was started by somebody who was originally from Chicago or originally from New York or something. It just makes pizza the way they do there, but it's just so hard to find, uh, you know, good pizza. I mean, you can have, you have average pizza, but once you've had that really, really good pizza, you just kind of don't want to go back and try the other. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well,
1: raised pizza is so good.
0: Oh yeah, it's outstanding. And it's funny because, uh, I went uh, with uh, Claudia, my wife, to uh, when we were in New York last time, and I took her for the first time. And I, I, Every time I go to New York, I go to Ray's, and I told her to get us two slices of famous Ray's. And so I went to the ATM machine, because I think it's cash only, and when I turned around, she, they're preparing four pieces of pizza, and I said, what are you doing? And she said, well, I'm getting you the two pieces of famous raise that you wanted and i'm getting a couple pieces for myself no 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 just two pieces one for you one for me that's all we'll need and um you know here they come on these two paper plates just kind of brimming over to the sides of two paper plates you have to pick it up with two hands fold it in half uh it's just a i mean just an amazing adventure the way they they make it they put all the ingredients on the pizza and then they put the cheese on top of that so everything just bakes into the cheese and into the into the pie it's just an outstanding pizza you've had it haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. I had,
1: um, when we went, I had uh, eggplant, white pizza and chicken.
0: Yeah. And what, and what did I you got think?
1: three pieces and it was way too much.
0: <laughs> and, and what did you think?
1: It was delicious. It's the best pizza I've ever had.
0: And, and like I said, there's some other, other places in New York that have, uh, you know, equally as good pizza, but that place is just, I guess it's kind of my favorite. And like I said, I just get the, the famous race. It has pretty much everything on it, you know, baked into the cheese. And it's just, it's just an amazing experience. Well, with,
1: with atmosphere, too, like like Greenwich Village is really cool, so it's it's nice. It's in a nice area, too, so that, that makes a difference. I had, I had really good pizza at this little teensy place in Jersey. I don't even remember where it was, but it was, it was kind of hidden.
0: Yeah, I think, and that's the thing, is it was not obviously a Domino's. It was not obviously a Papa Gino's or a Papa John's or, a, you know,
1: but,
0: whatever else, and um, they just know how to do it right.
1: What's the most dangerous thing you've ever eaten?
0: I would have to say probably the most dangerous like I've had fugu. Uh, which people consider dangerous, but uh, I've had it Korean-style, which is cooked, and uh, there's very, very little risk in it. I've had other things that have been considered semi-poisonous, but probably the most dangerous thing I've ever eaten was poke salad or pokeweed. The thing about pokeweed is that it's a it's a toxic plant. <clears throat> it grows wild in uh, in the U S. and uh, you know other places, uh, South America, Central America. But mo- most of those places, people don't eat them. And as a matter of fact, even the animals don't eat them. Even when the when they're starving, they they kind of don't eat them. And the only part of the plant that you can eat are the tender green leaves. So when the leaves get older, they start to turn a little bit red. You can't eat them when they turn red. You can't eat any of the stem. You can't eat any of the roots, any of the, you know, the bottom of the plant, any of the, nothing. The only part you can eat are the tender green leaves. And the preparation requires that you boil it, you rinse it, you boil it, you rinse it, you boil it, you rinse it, and then it's, it, they fry them up with eggs, onions maybe, a little black pepper and some salt. And the thing is, unless you are with somebody who really, really knows how to prepare it, it can be I mean, extremely, extremely dangerous. You, you can go into paralysis, convulsions, uh, fits, uh, vomiting, uh, and it can kill you. So, oh, that's uh, and so, and, and but the funny thing is, is that you know, I had it probably like three years in a row on uh, trips to Alabama. Uh, rural alabama and i really enjoyed it. it it tastes like spinach with a bite but um like i said unless s- somebody really knows what they're doing when they're cooking it and really knows how to differentiate i went out to the woods and i picked probably two shopping bags full of the leaves and the person who was cooking it uh, looked at the leaves and you know they they would pull out the ones that were going to be somewhat toxic some of the older leaves that wouldn't uh, wouldn't work so well so definitely goes in the don't try this at home category and although like i said i enjoyed it uh, it's probably the most dangerous thing i've eaten
1: yeah i mean that's putting a lot of trust into someone you don't know making sure that your food isn't going to uh, cause you to be paralyzed
0: i've eaten some things that look like they would be dangerous like for instance when i uh, in Colombia, i had the uh, stuffed chicken necks and those kind of like are sitting in this glass case that is sitting out and cooked over uh, a stove that's fueled by uh, you know wood fire. And being that it's all open, it's open air, and everything that you think, well, you know, how safe is this? How you know, it, it there's no USDA. This we're talking about Columbia, mm-hmm. but um, I didn't really have any adverse effects. As a matter of fact, what I think is that when you vary your diet, when you eat so many, so many different things, I think it's better for you in the long run because I've run into situations where I've eaten the same thing everybody else is, And maybe it's just a simple chicken dish where everybody else has gotten sick, but I haven't gotten sick at all. And I think I could probably attribute that to the, you know, to the wide variety of things I've eaten. So my system is probably used to anything, I mean, really, essentially anything.
1: Like uh, the immune system of a kid that goes to a daycare as opposed to one that's school.
0: Yeah. Yeah, pretty, uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so your, your digestive system, you're just putting it through its paces constantly, uh, introducing it to something completely different and, uh, you know, and after a while, I think that, uh, that you just get used to that and your tolerance for food, and when I say bad food, I don't mean food that tastes bad, I mean food that's gone bad, uh, is probably higher.
1: For, for spoiled food?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: How hard is it um, for you to find people to go with you to see unusual things or to try weird
0: foods? It's not difficult here, you know. If I can get, I can usually find a friend or, uh, like, for instance, uh, one of my friends, Eddie Lynn. He uh, also blogs. He's a writer. He has a book out, and you know, occasionally he'll call me up and he'll say, "Hey, I heard about this, you know, event where they're serving fried insects. Uh, you want to go?" And then I'll turn around and do him the same favor and I'll say, hey, they're having the, you know, the tarantula festival, uh, mm-hmm. next week. Would you like to go? Also, uh, Josh, who is the uh, webmaster, he is usually up for doing stuff like that. So I'll call him up and I'll say, hey, uh, I'll, you know, I'll come and pick you up. Let's go down to Luigi Ortega's and get their doctor death suicide pie. And so he's usually up for it and he actually, uh, eats the same things and, you know, and at least gives them a try. But when you're traveling somewhere, if you're going with somebody, like in other words, if, if Claudia and I are going somewhere, we're traveling, I can take her with me. She may or may not try uh, something unusual that I'm going to try, but she'll hold the camera or uh, or something along those lines. But if it's just me, like for instance, when I went to um, the Midwest and I went to Omaha and uh, up through North Dakota and Montana, it was just me. It's not like I'm going to ask a total stranger to, you know, to eat with me or to, you know. <laughs> Uh, I'll talk to the people in the restaurants. I'll talk to, if I, you know, if I can talk to the person who owns the restaurant, the waitresses, the, you know, the cooks. I'll talk to them, ask them a little bit about the place, what the history of the place is, some, a little something about the food. But it's not easy to just meet up with somebody and say, hey, excuse me, you look like you'd be interested in eating some dead cobra. Yeah, so-
1: I imagine most people don't really, really respond to that in anything but awkwardness.
0: Yeah, yeah. But here, it's generally easy to find somebody who's interested. Uh, also, a lot of people who read the blog or a lot of people who subscribe to the fan page on, uh, on Facebook can also get them interested, too. So especially if you're going to another city and you have people that are fans in that city, you can say, hey, you know, I'm coming out to try such and such. Do you want to join me for that? And they're generally up for that because they're interested in uh, trying uh, new and, and unique foods anyways.
1: That's cool to have that sort of support and for people to get excited like that. Yeah. That must be a good feeling.
0: Yeah, well, and that's the purpose of, uh, or really the uh, the driving force behind the blog anyways, is that... I really enjoy the experience of trying something new and unique and different. And what I try to do is I try to bring that experience to other people so that they can read about it, see pictures, maybe video, whatever, and experience that themselves. Some of them might look at it and say, that's totally disgusting, but other ones might say, that looks interesting, or he really enjoys that. And the other thing I try to do when I write is to bring that person into the experience through the writing. So, in other words, rather than just say, yeah, it tastes like chicken, is to give it a a more accurate description of what it actually tastes like, what the experience of actually tasting that is, what it smells like, what the texture is like. I try to get as as detailed as possible. So, you know, even if you're not in a situation where you live near an area where you can get that, you can kind of imagine what, you know, what it might taste like, what it might smell like, feel like, whatever.
1: That's the the duty of a blogger.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the duty of a, a successful blogger, I mean, you know, quite frankly, if I'm just reading, I ate duck gizzards, ah, ha, ha, ha. If you're, if you're even remotely interested in that, what, what does that do for you? It does nothing for you. It just says, okay. I ate it. It's like... Uh,
1: that it happened in the nuts.
0: Yeah. If, if I just show you a picture of me eating something weird and I leave it at that, it's like, okay, so he eats that weird things, big deal. But if I say, no, no, you really have to try this because, and the taste is, you know, Whatever you just, it, you have to bring them in because if you if you just show people you eating something or you just tell people that you ate something, they don't care. You have to make it interesting so they're willing to try it themselves. And that, that's how I would judge myself as being successful: is if I can get somebody to try something unique and different that they've never tried before.
1: And I imagine even the people who who wouldn't try something. I imagine even the people who think like, oh, that's weird, or oh, that's gross, are probably, they're still so intrigued and grossed out by it that they still would want to read up about it.
0: There are people who are willing to try different things, but there are some people that can't get the visual out of their head on certain things, like, for instance, insects. When you eat some insects, they actually have very, very interesting flavors. Like uh I think if you look at one of my recent blog articles where I was eating the insect larva, the you know, the worms, the larger ones had a taste like chicharron, so it was like a, a fried pork skin flavor to them. The smaller ones, the the wax moth larvae, had a crunchy and buttery taste. And I was thinking to myself, well that's something you could sprinkle that on a baked potato. That would be awesome on a baked potato because it's almost like a substitute for the butter and for the baked. Bits and it just gives it a, you know a different texture and a different flavor. But there are some people who just will not get the image of a worm out of their head and just can't eat it. We'll just not even want to try it. In some ways I feel, I feel bad for them because I think they deprive themselves of experiencing something that they could really, really like, but they just can't get the image out of it. It's
1: almost like a social pressure. Like they've seen insects as insects their entire lives. They can't see insects as food even though like burgers are obviously cows before, but when you see a burger, you don't think of a cow. You just think of meat.
0: Well, I, I truly believe that if somebody saw what they do to a cow to make a burger. They probably wouldn't eat that burger.
1: Oh, yeah. Especially Uh, like some of the processes of taking everything out and making sure no no one would eat meat.
0: There was a recent story that was in the New York Times. There's a company called Beef Products, and Beef Products sells beef to McDonald's and Burger King for their hamburgers. And what they do is they take the meat scraps and they grind them up, and then they treat it with ammonia to kill the uh, E. coli. And they take this ground up scrap treat it, treated treat it with ammonia and they mix it in with the with the burger. So it makes the burger go farther, supposedly reduces the risk of E. coli, but uh, it's not proven. And then this is what they sell to McDonald's and Burger King for their hamburgers. So that's what you're eating at uh, Burger King and at McDonald's. Well, as much as we're enjoying our conversation about burgers, this is the end of part one of our initial podcast. We're talking with Ali. We're answering some questions. We're having a little bit of fun. And we're going to continue doing that in part two. So look for part two and we'll see you there.